0: Blog Talk Radio Hi and welcome to Hit... No bits. It is November 25th, 2016, and I am coming to you from beautiful Victoria, BC, Canada. HypnoBits is geared towards anybody interested in hypnotherapy, students, practitioners, the layman. We give you tips, hints, and techniques for working with clients and expanding your practice. I'm Linda Campbell. I've been a hypnotherapist for 17 years. I run the Horizon Center School of Hypnotherapy, and I'm the president of the Canadian Association of Counseling Hypnotherapists and Educators. And the topic we're going to cover today is one that's pretty near and dear to my heart, something that I nag about all the time. I'm going to talk about three ways to create the practice you desire and eliminate your competition. Now, when I say eliminate your competition, I'm not talking about you know, wiping them out by doing hypnosis better than anybody else. It's really about doing hypnosis in a way that's so unique, so you, so infused with your own flair, your own style, your own interests and philosophies that there just is no such thing as competition because there's nobody who can do you. So I'm granting you permission right off the top of this show to be selfish and to design the practice that you desire. So when we pick a mate or we buy a house, we take into consideration things like our needs and our hobbies and our lifestyle, and we find a person that, or place that suits us. So if we're city folk, we would be absolutely miserable living out in the country. If we're somebody who needs a lot of space and land and greenery around us, we would be miserable living in a, sky rise, in a high rise. So we're thinking about our personality, our tastes, our interests. We don't just take the first house that shows up on the market or marry the first person we meet, sight unseen. So we understand, of course, that these are choices that we're going to be living with for a long time, maybe even forever. So we make choices that we feel are the best possible fit for us. We think about it in advance. And yet, when it comes to starting up a hypnotherapy practice, I've seen a lot of people just kind of jump in and. have a generalized type of practice and they're often working on types of client goals that they're not passionate about that they're not excited about if we are going to be doing something for a lifetime if we're going to make something our career heck if i'm going to do something for an hour i want to get pleasure out of it i want it to be joyful i want it to be something that really resonates with me so why shouldn't we do that same thing consider our our interests our lifestyle you know the options When it comes to designing our practice, our practice should match our needs and desires. It should really be our dream practice, something we are absolutely thrilled to do, something that feels meaningful and rewarding. So the advice I'm going to give today is really about finding a niche or finding a way of doing hypnotherapy that makes you unique. And again, that's how you eliminate competition. So people sometimes balk at the idea of specializing, so I wanna start off by addressing this. All right, let me put it this way. If you had a specific type of cancer, and you were looking for a treatment, would you go to a generalist family doctor who works on all issues in all areas of the body, or would you want to look for the specialist who knows everything there is to know about your specific type of cancer? When people come to see a hypnotherapist, they come with real problems, and we are here to help them solve their problems. People want to work with somebody who understands their issue, who focuses in that area, who's a specialist. They want to know that you hear them, you know what's going on for them. If you have a huge long list of things that you work on, you don't appear to be an expert in anything, and people want an expert. So often when I suggest that people specialize, the feedback I get is, oh, but if I do that, I won't get enough clients, Or, but smoking cessation and weight loss are what hypnosis is known for. Shouldn't I stick with that because that's where the money is? And I understand that in the beginning you don't know when the phone is going to ring again or when you're going to get your next email, your next inquiry, so the tendency is to not want to be too narrow in focus or you might miss out on getting some clients. However, when you try to look like an expert on everything, you end up looking like an expert on nothing. Specializing doesn't mean you have to turn down clients who may not fall under your specialty. It just gives you a clearer focus in finding the people that you would like to work with. So. I'm going to talk a bit about the work of Tad Hargrave, who is from Marketing for Hippies. He uses the analogy of islands. So he uses an analogy that says, island A is where your client currently is. This is the island of their issues, their struggle, their problem, their symptoms, the challenges that they're currently facing. And island B is where they want to go. That's the island of their desired outcome, their their perfect world, everything that they would like to achieve. And the problem is that as practitioners, we tend to spend a lot of time talking about the boat. We go on and on about how great hypnosis is, what it can be used for, what it feels like, what the misconceptions are, the history of hypnosis sometimes I've seen on people's websites. But the client doesn't care about the boat. The client cares about the island. And when it comes right down to it, sometimes, let's face it, speaking about hypnotherapy isn't exactly a good thing. I actually had a client say to me last week, if only it were called something else. The very fact that she came to do hypnosis, she came with all kinds of misconceptions. People are scared of hypnosis. They don't realize how amazing it is. Those of us who have experienced hypnosis, who have trained in it, who have used it on our, our goals, are total hypno-junkies. We're converts. We love this stuff. But the general public is afraid of what we're doing and, again, has all kinds of misconceptions. So we spend all this time on our website trying to debunk those misconceptions, trying to explain hypnosis and defend the use of hypnosis, and honestly the client doesn't care. So how about we get the client into our office by talking to them on the website about the islands, about their challenge and the results we can help them achieve, and then we give them the strategy for doing so when we meet them in person. I'm not suggesting that we're elusive about what our approach is. Not at all, but I am suggesting that our website or any of our marketing materials should shift the emphasis away from ourselves and our modality to the client. They, the marketing materials that we produce, if they're speaking the client's language, if the client understands that we hear what their problems are, we, we get it, we've, we've talked about it on their website, they're going to be way more interested in working with us than if we've just talked about hypnosis. Now, I'm going to take Tad's analogy even further. I see a lot of therapists talking about the captain. (laughs) They ignore the islands altogether and talk about their credentials, their training, their results, their feedback, the obscure modalities that they combine with hypnosis. So their website is basically screaming, me, me, me. But there's very little about the client or about the client's problem. So in my opinion, a good hypnotherapist is a client-centered hypnotherapist. They take the time to understand the client's perspective. They imagine what it's like to walk in the client's world. They leave their own judgments and opinions and perspectives out of the session and simply focus on understanding the client's perspective. The client centered hypnotherapist pays attention to the client's language. We pay attention to how they describe their problem and their challenges and their desired outcome. And we do this because their mind understands those words and phrases far better than anything we can make up when we're talking to them in hypnosis. So we're reflecting back their own language to them in hypnosis and thereby they take in those suggestions more readily because it's in a language that they can relate to. So if you think about how we're working in hypnosis and during a consultation to really mine for the client's own language so that we can use it in hypnosis, why would we not be doing a similar thing when it comes to our marketing? We know the importance of our sessions being client-centered, but shouldn't the same apply to our marketing efforts? Shouldn't the language we use there be client-centered as well, language the client can relate to? When you're really focused on a specific type of goal or client, you're able to gear your marketing efforts towards that type of client so it speaks to them directly. And even just doing this would make you stand out amongst hypnotherapists, not to mention amongst holistic practitioners, counselors, therapists in general. I could do a random search of hypnotherapy websites right now, and I guarantee you I would find pretty much the same thing on each site. I would find a big long list of the different areas hypnosis addresses, but I would find very little depth about any specific goal. Most people are busy talking about the boat. (laughs) To actually find a therapist page that's written about the client and not the therapist is rare. So when a client comes to the page of a generalist hypnotherapist and they see that big, long list of goals that this therapist works on, they may, well just, they may just, well, think, wow, this person dabbles. They know a little bit about a lot of things. And having a number of different goals listed on your website can be confusing for the person who wants to know if you work in their specific area. And the confused mind says no. Obviously, I have a huge bias against generalizing, and I'm going to tell you why. The bottom line is you don't stand out. We are in a fairly competitive market. People have a lot of options when it comes to doing therapy. They have conventional talk therapy, psychotherapy, counseling. So not only are we competing against other hypnotherapists, but we're competing against your fellow alternative health practitioners that use different modalities and against counselors and therapists who are better known and better understood by Joe Public. So we need to stand out amongst all of the other therapy options that our potential client has to choose from. And as a new hypnotherapist, this is especially tricky because somebody who is more established can pay to market themselves more. They can throw money at the problem. But as a new hypnotherapist, you may not have that luxury. So the tendency for somebody new is to be general. I do everything for everyone. Hypnosis works for everything, let me help you. But this is a really weak marketing message. It doesn't compel anyone to use your services if your message is watery and weak. Now, another benefit of focusing the work that you do on a particular group or a particular philosophy is that you end up doing work that you really love to do, and that gets communicated across to your client in your marketing, in your consultations, and that enthusiasm and passion is what makes a client want to work with you. If you hate doing smoking cessation, it bores you to tears or it frustrates you, or you think smoking is a filthy habit and you look down on smokers with disdain, then that's going to be communicated across to your client. They can sense that. Would you want to work with somebody who you felt was just tolerating you or didn't believe in your goal or wasn't excited about working with you? So people are afraid to be too general because they think they're going to miss out on clients. But if you're bringing boredom or frustration or any other negative energy into your dealings with your clients, they aren't going to work with you anyway. So why not focus on an area that you're really excited to work in so that every time a client comes to see you, they're picking up on your passion and your enthusiasm. It it draws them to work with you because everybody wants to be around the energy of excitement. So when we clearly define who we want to work with, it essentially eliminates the notion of competition. You can refer clients who are not a fit to you, to your colleagues, and because people tend to follow the law of reciprocity, they will likely send people back to you who followed your specialty, or you can always see people who are outside of your specialty I mean, oftentimes I get somebody who comes in for an area that I'm focusing on, but when you do good work with them, they become loyal to you. And then when they have a different goal or a different challenge or a different major life experience, they come back to you to work on that. If somebody becomes loyal to you, they also refer to you. They may have uh, friends who have similar problems, but they also may have friends who have different problems. So even though I may be focusing on, you know, preparing women for a pain-free childbirth, I may end up with some smoking clients or weight loss clients or a nail-biting client because the client who came for birthing is loyal to me and has recommended to me, me to all her friends and family. So you're not just going to be stuck in your specialization, but you're going to have a much more clear focus when it comes to how you find your clients and, again, your energy, your enthusiasm is going to be communicated if you're working in an area that you're passionate about. So there's my little rant. I'm going to step down off my soapbox and talk about the three ways to create that dream practice. So number one, bring in a philosophy that you're really passionate about. So uh, this came from uh, a student I was working with. So she was in my second level of hypnotherapy training and the assignment they were given at the time was to think of a type of client that they really wanted to work with think what the problems that that kind of client would typically be having, what keeps them awake at night, what are they focused on, what are they challenged by, and then they were to design a hypnotherapy session that they had to take their classmates through that spoke to that particular challenge. So this student uh, was somebody who had been invited into private schools that have a lot of Asian students from other countries, because she's Asian, to speak to them about what their challenges are. She was doing sort of counseling work with them. And so the beginning part of her assignment was really good because she was talking about the particular challenges that those students have fitting into a different culture, living in their host families, uh, getting along or not getting along with their teachers or with their classmates. Uh, having the pressure on them from their families to do really well in school. So she was able to really get clear about what kind of problems and challenges that 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 client would have. But when it came time to do the hypnosis session, I was really surprised at the direction she took. I thought she was going to be doing mostly suggestive work around, you know, helping them to acclimatize and taking the pressure off deal with stress, that sort of thing. But what she did was a hypnotherapy session that was all about past lives So as I was marking this, I'm like, ah, I'm not sure how to mark this. I really, really enjoyed the first part of the presentation, but I didn't know how relevant the session was to this particular type of client. So we had a conversation, her and I, and and she was really struggling with my feedback because she kept saying to me, I want to be authentic in my practice, and the thing that I'm really interested in and the thing I'm really fascinated by and passionate about is past life work, and I don't know how to go the direction the client wants to go uh, when what I really want to do is past lives So we both kind of left that conversation feeling dissatisfied and I thought about it overnight and What I thought about was that we actually could form a practice around a particular belief that we have or something we're passionate about if all she wants to do is past life work She could do a practice around that. However, you would have to let your potential client know that up front. if they come in and they don't have a belief in past life or their goal isn't a match for past life or, you know, they've never even heard of it before, when you try to push them into that corner, when you try to dictate what we're going to do in session, that may rub them the wrong way, interfere with rapport. They might think you're a whack job. However... If your website says something to the effect of, I believe that all of our problems stem back to our previous lifetimes, or I believe that we've come here this time around to resolve karma from previous lifetimes, work with me would involve looking into your past lives and how they are relevant to your current life. When a client reads that or hears you say that in a presentation you're giving, now they can select whether they want to work with you or not, and they can deselect themselves if you wouldn't be the right fit for them. So you could actually develop a a practice around a philosophy that you have or a type of work that you like doing as long as you're communicating it up front so your client knows what they're getting into. And it's just smart business because if you're bringing people in for consultations, let's say you do five consultations a week but you don't let people know that everything you do is going to be past life related, if maybe only one of those people wants to go through with it, you've just wasted four hours of your time and their time talking about something that isn't really of interest to them. So is there something that you really believe deeply in? Do you have a strong feeling that if only people thought the way you do about something that they would be happy or they'd be free of suffering? Have you found a philosophy that helps you to put things into perspective for yourself? Is there something that you have learned from your challenges or an attitude that you've adopted because of them that you now live by? Do you have a motto, a credo, a spiritual perspective, a philosophy that drives the things that you do? Some examples of that now, I already gave the example of everything is related to past lives or karma. Uh, There's the idea that all of our relationships are education, they're just teaching us something so that we can improve or grow or evolve. So you could do work that's focused on relationships, focused on relationship dynamics, focused on how to glean the message or the lesson from the relationships in order to be a better person. Uh, there, uh, there's actually a book on my shelf in my uh, classroom that says all of our suffering is due to an entity attachment. And the work that this therapist does is only focused on uncovering the attachment, finding that entity. So there's a book on that. You could do a practice that's around whatever the latest diet is, if that was something you're interested in. A while ago, it was paleo diet. So you could actually design a practice that's about supporting people while they're on a paleo diet. Uh, If you believe in prayer or mindfulness or the law of attraction, any one of these things, you could design a practice around. So to get to what your beliefs or guiding philosophies are, ask yourself the following questions. See what answers surface. I think that all of our problems could be solved if only we, whatever. One thing I find myself lecturing about is, a good way to look at our problems in life are, or a good way to look at life or our problems is, believing blank makes me feel better when I'm in crises. So that's the first thing, it's finding a philosophy that you really believe in. And again, you can see how this could set you apart from somebody else, because if you're the person who helps somebody use the law of attraction or use mindfulness, then now you are distinguishable from all the other generic therapists out there who maybe aren't doing that kind of work. Of course, you wanna do some research first to make sure that you're not just jumping on a bandwagon that's already become overly saturated. All right, the second way to design your dream practice is offer a combo platter, as I call it. So hypnotherapy doesn't have to be offered as a modality all on its own. It can be combined with a skill or a talent or a modality that you already have. And this allows you, again, to create a unique offering or experience for the client that nobody else offers. It helps you to stand out in the marketplace, attract the clients that are fit for you, allows you to charge more because you're delivering something they can't get anywhere else, and automatically, again, this gives you an edge on your competition. So when you think about hypnotherapy, there are two parts to it. There's addressing, or sorry, uncovering and addressing. So uncovering meaning identifying what the, what's really going on underneath the client's symptoms. So for example, uh, this client isn't sleeping because when they were a kid, mom and dad used to fight at night all the time, and now they're programmed to stay vigilant, to stay alert at night because they had a lot of fear back then about our mom and dad are gonna break up, I don't wanna miss anything. So here we are, years later, and the subconscious is still operating this program of vigilance. So there are techniques for uncovering what's going on underneath the symptom of insomnia. And then once you know that, you address it. So there's techniques for once you've identified the cause, what do you do about it? And hypnotherapy, of course, can be used both for uncovering and addressing, but you could also use the hypnosis for one of these and then use another modality or another school, skill or tool for the other. So, for example, I had a student who was really adept at tarot cards. So he would use the tarot cards to uncover what was going on for the problem or for the client. I'm rushing because I have so much I want to say. And then he would use hypnosis to address what was going on. You could also do something like handwriting analysis or um, what is it when you look at the patterns on your hand, that palmistry, uh, Chinese face reading. So there's a lot of modalities that are about uncovering what's going on for the client, but then you could use the hypnosis to actually do the addressing part. Or you could use the hypnosis to uncover what's going on for the client and then do some other type of modality to address it. So for example, you could use hypnosis to look at what's going on for the client and then do energy work or acupressure or chiropractic or something to that effect to address it. So again, here you're offering a completely unique service. You do need to let the client know up front what your service involves. I had a, a student who was really fascinating to me. He could see people's auras. And so he could tell what was going on for you energetically. He could see where the blocks were in your energetic system. He was also a shaman. So he would chant for you and create a special potion for you. And uh, when we came time in class to talk about what their areas of specialty were going to be, he said sports improvement, and everybody in class just kind of went, huh, weird, we weren't expecting that, what happened to shamanism, what happened to that, and his response was, oh, I thought that might be kind of weird, well, thankfully, we live in Victoria, where there are crazy woo-woos everywhere, like, weird is our middle name here, and I think there's going to be tons of people out there, not just in Victoria, but, you know, worldwide, who is, if they read, here's what working with me looks like. I'm able to identify what's going on for you by looking at your aura. That's my uncovering technique. I then give you a potion. I chant over you, and I do hypnosis, least the blocks. There are going to be people who are like, I need to have that experience just because that experience is so unique and so interesting. And if somebody reads your website and they don't feel it as a fit, they're not going to contact with you. But if that was something you were interested in doing, if that was an area that really excited you, if you loved looking at people's auras, you love chanting, think of how much fun your work would be every day. So when you're coming to work, doing something that, that thrills you, that you're passionate about, that you're excited about, it's not work anymore. It's just fun. So that's technique number two is offering a combo platter, combining the hypnosis with some other modality or some other uh, tool or technique that you have so that you're offering something completely unique that nobody else offers. And then the third one, I've kind of already talked about this, but it's really about how to define your niche. So specializing is the third technique, but it's kind of more than that. It's about looking at yourself to figure out who your perfect niche is So in figuring out who you would be best suited to work with, think about the challenges and life experiences that you've had personally. The experiences that we have had are the things that have taught us the most about ourselves and about the world and about life. They've made us experts in those areas. And we sometimes dismiss how much we've learned from or being shaped by our own life experiences or challenges because they just were. We don't even see those experiences as unusual. So for example, to to get clear, about what a perfect niche for you would be, considering the, consider the following questions. What are the client goals that you've experienced or struggled with yourself? What types of pivotal life-changing experiences have you had, or what experiences have you had that were unique? For example, loss of a child, loss of a parent, a parent with dementia, a spiritual awakening, sexual dysfunction, OCD, PTSD, uh, death, accident, bankruptcy, divorce, major debt, betrayal, Uh, When you listen to this list, not everybody has experienced all of these things, but somebody who has, has a whole wealth of information and knowledge and experience that could be used to help others. I've never lost a child. I can only try to speculate or imagine what that, that would be like, what the challenges would be inherent in that, what the beliefs would be inherent in that, what would need to be worked on in hypnosis. But somebody who's actually gone through the experience of losing a child, they can relate to somebody who's going through that themselves. And, again, the problem is we're so immersed in our own life experiences, we don't even know that they're unique or unusual or not everybody out there has experienced that. So looking at the pivotal life-changing experiences that you've had or experiences that the people around you have had that you have had to be witness to can help you to identify an area where you just may have special knowledge that makes you an expert. So when you look back over your life, what are the major events that stand out? How did you receive the majority of your lessons? So I tend to receive my lessons. Most of my life seems to revolve around relationships. But I know people who it evolves around health scares, or it evolves around dealing with children or dealing with parents or through experiencing loss. Occasionally I'll get a client who's had like four or five or six losses within a relatively short period of time. So they broke up because of having gone through a car accident or some kind of trauma that caused a separation between themselves and their spouse. They break up. They lose the house. They lose their quality of life. They lose a child. Like, you know, going through a divorce or going through loss of a job or going through a loss of health can create all kinds of other losses in our lives. I've also had clients who have lost several significant people over a relatively short period of time. So here's somebody who really understands loss and grief and the impact on your life far more than somebody who's never experienced a loss. Also consider what types of clients you tend to sympathize with or relate to. Or on the flip side of that, are there certain clients you don't relate to? Which are the clients you don't like, the ones you feel you can't support? You may have strong biases against them. What client goals are you really excited to learn more about? So, again, by taking an inventory of your own life, looking at your defining moments, looking at the pivotal events that have occurred in your life, the things both positive and negative that have defined and redefined who you are, those events have entered into your consciousness with such power that they changed the very core of who and what you thought you were and transformed you. A part of you was changed by those events, caused you to define yourself to some degree by your experience of that event. Those events are very possibly areas where you could be connecting with other people because, again, you have an understanding, an empathy. You have a compassion that somebody who's never been through those events doesn't have. So I hope that this gives you some great ideas to begin structuring your practice so you truly love doing your work every day. When I look through my calendar at who I have booked on any given day, I'm so excited. Like I, I actually love my clients, and the rare occasions where I've taken on somebody whose goal I wasn't really excited about, where I've stepped away from really what I'm passionate about, those are the days where I look through my calendar, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. And, you know, if I'm ever thinking, oh, damn it, so-and-so is coming today, that inevitably is the person who shows up late or doesn't show up at all or bounces a check or whatever. So they somehow sense it from you. If you're not feeling it, don't work with somebody. Find a way to make your work so thrilling, so exciting, that the people you draw in are excited too because of your enthusiasm. That's where you're going to get results. So again, I hope you've gotten some ideas from this. Thank you for tuning in you have any questions about anything that i've talked about today please contact me my email is info at yourauthenticself.ca and if you're interested in checking out our hypnotherapy association we are accepting graduates and students from across canada it's cash c-a-c-h-e canada.com all right take care bye-bye